back to Access Bodybuilding with me, Aaron Sigerman, and my co-host, IFBB Bikini Pro, Christina Voynich. Christina, what's in the news for this week? East Coast Mecca and Arnold Gossip, Desert Muscle Classic Update, the Fit Expo in LA, a second St. Louis Pro Show, New York Pro lining up, and the interview of the week is prep guru Chad Nichols all this week on Access Bodybuilding. That's right, Christina. You know, we don't uh, miss a show for any reason. So uh, a lot of other shows are not uh, not having shows right now, but Access Bodybuilding, we're finding the stories. And our first story, you said East Coast Mecca and Arnold Gossip. And it, we're not talking about Arnold the show. We're actually tar- talking about Arnold the Mr. Olympia, an actor and uh, obviously worldwide well-known celebrity. The Schwarzenegger, not the classic. Exactly. Very good. uh, Very good point. And so um, basically what this is about is my gossip column of last week, which actually came out a little late being in today. You know, I was in uh, New York for uh, Dave and Chris Aceto's smart training course. And uh, while I was out there, I happened to go to Bev Francis and uh, Steve Weinberger's powerhouse gym. And um, anybody who hasn't been out there, they call it the East Coast Mecca. And the reason being is because... Back in the day, um, when you go to Gold's Gym Venice Beach, you would see tons and tons of pro bodybuilders. I mean, it was the mecca. And it, I guess it, and it'll always be the mecca of bodybuilding and, and until it goes away. It'll always have that title. And um, the first time I ever went there around, uh, I think, 97 or 98, my first trip out to L.A., I went in there as a teenager and it was it was like mind blowing. You had Paul Delette on the bike. You had Rico McClinton and um, Flex Wheeler training. You had Charles Glass training people there. You had Craig Titus. We had uh, um, uh, let's see, Bob Ciccarello and Tom Pr- uh, Prince were training together. This is all. There's a bunch more. I'm just li- listing the guys that I can remember when I went in there. And um, so at the time, that was the mecca. Well. Uh, I went in there on a Saturday at 2 p.m. You imagine the slowest day of the week. And I I literally knew dozens of people in there. And the energy in that place is uh, is pretty electric. So um, one of the main people that I saw that I was excited about, you know, that I don't see very often. Or actually, I don't think that I have ever officially met uh, Leon Brown, legendary. They call him the Brown Bomber. Right, uh, right. Leon for people who don't know, trained with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 70s. He was one of the regular uh, training buddies of Arnold and uh, Franco. And if you get the book, Pumping Iron, which I got um, even before I saw the movie, throughout the pages, you'll see uh, Leon Brown featured in quite a bit of the book. I think he's even on the back cover, if I'm not mistaken. And he had a very uh, classic physique, kind of like a uh, Robbie Robinson and the fact that he had a very small waist. He's also black like Robbie, uh, hence the brown bomber. And... Um, <laughs> Anyway, I saw him in there, and uh, I know that he stays in touch with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He, Dave has had him on the radio before, and he talks about Arnold a lot. And um, one of the things that's really cool about Arnold that you got to admire is he has stayed close to and actively friends with the guys that he used to train with in the 70s and uh, even before that. Uh, it's amazing his popular as he's gotten and as big a name as he's gotten. He hasn't forgotten his old friends. I mean, that's certainly admirable, don't you think? Well, I, I think it shows that he's still staying true to his roots. You know, um, he is much more than obviously a bodybuilder now. He is this worldwide celebrity. But um, to know that he still 
you know, uh, keeps in contact with those people and still actively is still friends with them. Um, I, I think makes you appreciate him even more that he still is uh, secure to his foundation that, you know, his entire fame has been built on. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's very cool. And so Leon said that he had, um, everybody knows, you know, everybody out there knows the, the governor had some, um, some problems in his married life. His uh, marriage hasn't been going so, so well. And, you know, he got caught with some uh, infidelities and Maria Shriver and him have been, on the rocks, you know, they were talking about divorce and I know I, uh, I've heard some pretty staggering numbers about the money that she'd be getting and the split there that they were having. I'm sure you heard about this, right, Christina? Absolutely. Think, yeah. I, I it's, it's, it's kind of been everywhere. It wasn't just industry news at that point. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's full on, uh, in the real tabloids in the inquirer tabloids. Well, Leon, uh, I guess, um, I don't know if he probably, if Arnold would have liked him telling me this or, uh, if he was, uh, you know, inadvertently breaching Arnold's confidence, but uh, he actually gave me some a scoop that is uh, like a, a legitimate scoop, not industry scoop, but TMZ quality scoop. And he said that he spoke to Arnold at Christmas and Christmas was, he was Arnold at Christmas with his whole family, including Maria, and they were all spending Christmas together. And he asked Arnold uh, if he thinks that they're going to get back together. And Arnold said basically that they're already back together. It just is not official yet. Um, and that he, you know, we've seen pictures of Arnold wearing his wedding ring. So Leon basically said it's a done deal that they're going to uh, reconcile. And uh, Leon seemed extremely happy about it. You know, obviously he likes to see, or maybe he didn't like seeing his buddy and uh, his longtime wife. You know, over thirty years having uh, these these problems. So um, he seemed very happy to tell me this. And uh, hopefully he didn't like uh, breach Arnold's trust in in the process of telling me. I was going to say, do we have a bigger story than uh, than than TMZ would when it comes to this? I think maybe so. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that that knowledge and that that story. I look to see if if I'm just I didn't know, and it's nowhere out there that they spent Christmas together and uh, and that it, basically that they're in the process of uh, like officially reconciling. He also said that something else was pretty cool is that Arnold was back to doing his two a day training splits. Uh, back in the day, he was known for going to the gym twice and training a body part uh, multiple times a day. And uh, he said that for the Expendables too, Arnold will be uh, will have a scene with Sylvester shirtless, and uh, that Arnold was not feeling too good about how he was looking. And he saw how Sly looked, and he said, "Uh oh, I better get back on it." <laughs> um, so he has been training in preparation for this scene. This movie comes out this summer, so I imagine he is uh, he's got to be busting ass pretty hard to get in shape for this scene. I, I got to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm very happy for, you know, the, the movies and, and everything that he's doing now. But especially with the, his whole relationship and all the drama that went on with that, um, I, I'm hoping that they're able to work things out and reconcile. And that that part is true that, you know, hopefully they're able to kind of put their marriage back together despite, you know, everything that's gone on. Yeah, I hope so, too. You know, I, my parents have been married about as long as Arnold and Maria and um, obviously, my dad is nothing like Arnold. But uh, anytime you've got a, a relationship that's gone on that long, um, it's it's sad to see anything like that come to an end, you know? Well, exactly. When you've been together so long and you have um, especially been in the type of industry that they are in, and I don't mean the fitness industry, I mean in Hollywood, um, you know, the, the spotlight is on you all the time. So to be able to withstand that and stay married the whole time is, is an accomplishment. So I think it would be a testament to their relationship if they're actually able to stay together after this. Absolutely. Um, next on our list is the Desert Muscle Classic Update. And uh, last week we talked about Stryker Solomon's show. 
And uh, Dave actually, we, when I was in New York, we did the Heavy Muscle Radio show, and Dave and I uh, and Chris Aceto sat down and we were speculating what the um, what was going to happen with the show because Stryker Solomon hadn't even spoken to Dave, who was a sponsor of the show. Uh, Species is sponsoring the show, so at the time it sounded uh, even even more certain like something was seriously wrong. Uh, well, today. I got uh, some notice from the IFBB that, in fact, the show is on their website now. The poster is up on IFBBpro.com. Um, so you can actually go there and check it out. There are no, as of this point, there are no uh, names of people that have entered. But uh, the poster is on the site. Um, it seems from the people that I talked to trying to get the story that everything is full speed ahead. So whatever problems uh, Stryker was having... Uh, I believe, for at least for now, it looks like those problems have been uh, alleviated or or whatever. something has happened. Although, I did try to get Stryker again for the show uh, today and uh, yesterday, and uh, I still haven't been able to get in touch with him, which I got to say is very strange considering we're, um, I'm hoping to help promote his show, you know, but... Um well, I, I, I'm hoping that this is true because after we uh, ran the story last week, my phone pretty much blow, blew up with every women's physique uh, pro friend that I had and all the gals that we've had on Muscle Girls Inc., you know, nearly petrified that the show wasn't going to happen um, because after that, the next pro show would be the St. Louis pro and therefore, you know, their their prep would change. So um, a lot of people were relieved today, I think, to hear that it looks like it's actually going to happen. Um, at this point, it would be... I think an even bigger shock if now it didn't happen after we all think that it is going to happen. So fingers crossed and, you know, a big, hopefully, hopefully it will uh, actually go through with flying colors. Absolutely. And and just a a note out there, not that I've been accused of this or you've been accused of this, but, or even Dave. um, But I want to make sure that whoever's listening knows that we're not rooting against Stryker in his show. You know, I feel like maybe he didn't call me back today or text me because he thought, uh, we were like hoping that you know that some, it didn't go through. It's actually just the opposite. Uh, just like you, I've got a lot of friends that are doing this show. Specifically, a lot of girls that are, I know that are competing that are very excited about this show, being in the first women's physique pro show. And I know some two twelve guys that are doing the show that are uh, pretty excited. So it's it would be uh, it would really really be super shitty uh, if it didn't happen. So just to be to clarify, I, I, I'm pretty sure I could speak for you saying that. We're both very much hoping that this show happens. I de- I want it to happen. You know, the um, I've only competed in uh, outside of the Olympia before the Olympia. You know, I competed in two pro shows. One of them being Strikers, and it was a, a great show. Um, Striker is, is is a cool guy, and I like him. And so I really was pulling that this show would happen. So um, yeah, like you said, I by no means were we hoping that it wouldn't just uh, so we could get a story. Right. Um, I for the sake of my friends and you know the fans of uh, especially now the women's physique being such an iconic first show for these women um, I'm excited that it looks like it's actually going to happen Yep. Uh, next story on our list is the Los Angeles Fit Expo um, originally this was the uh, weekend of the Ironman unfortunately the Ironman show um, is no more for the last two years and uh, this show has now basically the Ironman uh, naturally which is a natural NPC show um, qualifies you for the team universe um, this expo, Christina, has been moved. It's, I think last year it was the 23rd weekend, which would be my birthday, the 23rd coming up. But it's either I'm wrong and it's always been the 28th and 29th or it's been moved. Either way, this uh, Fit Expo, the first year I went, which was two years ago when they had just ended the Ironman, was surprisingly busy. I was like, wow, you know, it was um, considering they had just 
got rid of the Iron Man. It still seemed like a pretty a pretty good success. And now Dave went last year to the uh, to the Fit Expo and said it was a resounding success. That actually some of the weeder guys were walking around with kind of in amazement um, at the level of um, the amount and the level of people there. Uh, so much so that um, they are trying to figure out, you know, obviously how to replicate this kind of thing, this kind of expo for their show, the Flex Pro Show. I don't think that's going to happen this year, but um, obviously when you promote a show that's also in L.A. and they walk around uh, the convention center just a few weeks before their show and they see, you know, literally, I think they had 35,000 people walk through there last year. Um, They've got to think, boy, how do we replicate this, right? Sure. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, it's you got a lot to live up to, you know? Yeah. The um, And also all of the companies get behind this. And this is something that I was originally wondering when Iron Man disappeared. You know, you had big companies, Cytosport, um, you know, Optimum, your company, BSN, Gaspari. These companies, I wondered if they would um, if they would start backing away uh, from the expo. And it seems like they've really stuck to it. I, I'm actually thinking that this this expo this year will probably be even bigger. Uh, so the question that I'm curious about is that how does this affect, you know, other expos? How will this affect the industry in the future? If this thing continues to be more successful, I'm just hoping that not that other people don't uh, pull the shows, you know, that are attached. I don't know that that would happen. I hope not. Um, I, I don't. I don't think it, I don't think it would personally. Um, it, there, I guess there's always a chance, but I don't know that they would it, they would go to that that extent. Do you think that our Europa show would be just as successful if it um, didn't have a, a professional bodybuilding component? Ah, you're right. Me, I, I don't know. I want to say no, just because that's what it's all based on. Um, however, if you you know for the Arnold, for example, and I know that it's on such a different scale, you know, it, it's so huge to begin with. Um, but if that didn't have the, the bodybuilding part, or if it didn't have the competition part, I think a lot of people would just come to the expo fans of, um, sports and performance and everything in general. Um, even if there's no show attached to it, I still think people would, would come. Yeah. I think you're, you're probably right with that. Although I did um, remember when we had, um, the Arnold, uh, media, uh, director, Brent, uh, Lalonde on the show, I did ask him off of the air about um, if anything like that could ever happen. And he said that the Arnold will always be based around bodybuilding since that's where Arnold came from. Sure. Yeah. And uh, and, you know, in in a way, they still have the NPC Ironman naturally. So they do have a bodybuilding event. I just think that if you go to the expo, you'll see a lot more uh, MMA stuff. You'll see a lot more stuff not related necessarily to the bodybuilding industry, which is just, you know, I don't want to say it's concerning to me because I'm glad that this event still goes on and and does well. It's just something I think about, you know, when when you look down, this is obviously what uh, I want to do, and I'm sure what you want to do for the rest of your life in one capacity or another. So I always like to see heading in a positive direction, not necessarily bodybuilding shows disappearing. You know what I mean? 100% agree. Yeah, for sure. So uh, just in case people don't know, that is actually in the LA Convention Center, the 28th and 29th of this month. So check it out. It, it is a good expo. Um, nobody would, would say otherwise. No, I've. Uh, this is one expo that I have. N- I have not gone to, um, but I know Optimum has a huge booth there, and uh, they're always 
you know, big stories that, that come out of there just with all the people that end up um, showing up because it's in L.A., for goodness sakes. You know, it's um, it, it'd be different if it was in somewhere in the Midwest. Um, probably wouldn't have a big of a turnout, as you'd think. But um, being in L.A. and people are there are beautiful people there who uh, specifically stay in shape and are fans of fitness, not just, you know, the bodybuilding industry, but just, uh, you know, fans of staying in shape in the first place. So um, it is a very good expo for sure. Right. Christina. Um, as you know, because uh, you will be there, maybe even competing, right, at the St. Louis Pro Show the week before the Arnold. Are you going to be competing? Do you know yet? Right now, it looks like that will be my first show this year. Ah, very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. It's the week. Did I say it's right. The week. No, it's two weeks after the Arnold, right? Correct. Two okay. weeks after I the Arnold. I didn't want to make yep. sure. I, I didn't want to mess that up. Obviously, I'll be in Australia for that one. Uh, un- well, I don't want to say unfortunately because it's kind of <laughs> fortunately. But, um, so I thought I was going to miss St. Louis this year, but it turns out. Promoter Jack to Tony let me know today in a quick phone call that uh, I will still have an opportunity to go to St. Louis this year for a pro show, just not that one. In fact, he and Ann Tony, his wife, are going to be throwing a second pro show in St. Louis the week before the Olympia. And this will be the, the last chance saloon for you bikini girls and figure girls as he's having both pro division figure and bikini one week before the Olympia. I love that. Um, I am a little partial because it is St. Louis, my hometown. So um, I I love that. Um, for anyone that was at the St. Louis Pro Show, the first one that they had last year, I know, Aaron, you were there. Um, mm-hmm. a, a huge turnout. I mean, there was standing room only in the venue for the night show. And I think that surprised a lot of people. You know, in, in St. Louis, there's there's not a lot of, uh, of NPC shows. Um, and so the opportunity that Jack has to do this is bringing um, bodybuilding to light in St. Louis a lot more than anyone else has down there so um i think especially having this a week before the olympia it's going to be a pretty big turnout as far as competitors are concerned who haven't yet qualified uh for the olympia yet um absolutely and like you said uh jack and ann put on a great show I, last year i went to both of them uh not just the uh the st louis show but also the iowa pro show uh, which he will be having again next year i believe in a different location but we'll have jack on to talk about that a little later, uh, maybe in a few weeks or something, because the Iowa show actually comes uh, considerably after the Olympia, I believe. I think it's, it's uh, a good few months or a month or so after the Olympia. So uh, he will definitely be on eventually to talk to us about that. But I'm glad I'll have an opportunity to be in St. Louis. So I'm sure you'll be down for that one again, right? I will be. And I think you had my mom's cooking last time. So ah, maybe maybe yes. we'll get you some more this time again. All right. I like that. Yes. Nice. Um, next on our list is the New York Pro lining up. And uh, Christina, you know, the New York Pro uh, used to have, as me and you were talking off the air, had five spots to qualify for the Olympia. Yes. So um, it wasn't surprising that we saw a pretty amazing turnout. Also, it's uh, Steve Weinberger's show, and a lot of people come and kind of pay respect to Steve by competing in his show. Um, this year, he's got two spots, which is one more than most of the shows have, with the exception of the Olympia and the Arnold. Uh, but... The lineup is looking to be just as impressive. Now, obviously, people change their minds. Um, you'll add people to this list. You'll take people away. And this is by no no means the whole list. But I'm noticing, Christina, that we're getting a whole lot of these new up-and-coming young bodybuilders either making their debut, debut at his show um, or uh, trying their hand again, trying to make a big impression. Somebody, some of these guys who have a lot of talent that didn't hit their mark uh, in 2011. 
Do you think it is surprising that they are choosing this show of all shows? I mean, it, it's very well known that the New York Pro is one of the biggest, uh, most publicized uh, pro shows, especially for men. Um, do you find it surprising that, you know, you've got a lot of new up and coming guys picking this show as their first one? In a way, yes. In a way, no. And, and the reason I say yes, it is surprising is because because of the spots are hard to get now for to be uh, invited to or to qualify for the Olympia, Olympia rather. Um, I feel like if I were one of these guys, I would be using more strategy. You know what I mean? I would be thinking like, let's say I'm somebody, let's say uh, like a Juan Morel. OK, mm-hmm. uh, Juan happens to live in New York, so it's a more logical choice for him. Uh, but let's just use Juan as an example. If I were one, it would I'd be tempted to think more strategically about where is my best opportunity to make the biggest impact the first time out. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so I'm I'm not sure that um, strategy wise, if you look at all these names, and Juan may not be the best example of this, but if you think of the names that are on the list or that I'm about to read off in just a moment, um, maybe some of them aren't um, as well served by doing this show with so much with such a deep field. Um, then on the other hand, like you said, there's a lot of publicity for this show. This is of the attendance at this show is always sold out. If you go to uh, this show, you'll see that um, the media covers it heavily. Um, there's the fans and the audience at the New York Pro have a level of enthusiasm and excitement you really don't see anywhere else in the country uh, at all. Really, even at the Olympia, you know, it's very rare to see fans this uh, into bodybuilding and this uh, excited about the show. So if you look at those factors, and of course, like I said, it's Steve uh, Weinberger's show. So um, those are three pretty decent factors. Um, but, you know, so it's, it's a toss-up, I guess. It's a toss-up. I, at, at first, um, I was thinking, not that I thought these guys were making a bad decision, but I was like, wow, that takes a lot of guts to, to let this be your, your, uh, your first show or to step into such a deep lineup, like you said, like this. However, um, with all the publicity, if they know that they are, in fact, going to look the best that they have ever looked and that they are here to really you know, give the top guys a run for their money, then this is definitely the show to do it, where you can get called out with some some of the top guys in, in, in the country, in the world, for for goodness sakes. Um, sure. You know, with the other guys that are going to be there, you now have the opportunity to possibly get called out next to them and get some comparisons that you might not get at a smaller pro show. Right. Um, and, you know, like I said, you got to come in looking as crisp <laughs> as you possibly can um, because there is so much publicity that if you do fall off the wagon a little bit, um, there's going to be that much more publicity about it as well. So um, it's kind of a catch 22. If you look your best, you have the opportunity to stand up next to the best. Um, and if, you know, stuff goes wrong at the last minute, unfortunately, you got to deal with the consequences with that more so than ever at that show, too. Yeah. So the um, the guys, we, I mentioned Juan Morel making his debut. Steve Kuklo has uh, also widely announced that that will be his uh, pro debut. Uh, J- Todd Jewell, who just got his pro card at Nationals, has said that he will be making his pro debut there. Uh, it sounds like we're going to see a, the uh, reemergence of Cedric McMillan at this show. Um, Jeff Long has announced that he'll be doing this show as well. Jason Huzz supposedly getting back on stage there at New York. Uh, Cedric, of these of these guys I named, the six guys there, he's the oldest at 34. And then there's a bunch of other guys. Uh, even BSA has alluded to the fact that he may make this his debut. Uh, there's a there's a bunch of other names on the list that I, you know that I'm not I'm that I'm less sure about than those guys so I don't want to 
to put them all out there because, not, like I said, none of this is official. Even Steve Kuklo, who's been telling everybody New York Pro, um, until he's actually on the list and has committed and signed a contract, you never know. But just those guys there, you know, a lot of the guys, basically look at the Arnold, okay? That's in March. This is in May. A lot of those guys who are doing the that did not are not on the list at the for the Arnold even like a Tony Freeman you know there's a, there's a bunch of guys that could very easily jump into this show cuz they didn't do the Arnold but they don't want to wait all the way till midsummer or close to the Olympia to do a show yeah i uh, i i think it's probably then a good a, a good plan because then they have enough time to get ready for the end of the year right Oh, we'll see what happens. I know it's going to be an exciting show. Unfortunately, I won't be at that one. I'll be at the, uh, we're splitting up teams, and I'll be at the uh, Junior USA's. Uh, it's, I don't want to say unfortunately, because I've been to New York Pro, I think, four years in a row, or three or four years in a row, and I've never been to Trey Bennett's show uh, in North Carolina, uh, which is supposed to be pretty uh fantastic uh, as far as the show goes and i know uh the whole area around there is pretty spectacular i'm gonna i'm sure me and amy me and amy me and uh darielle will stay a day late or maybe even a day a few days late to kind of check everything out we uh were lucky enough to be able to go to the um the new york pro last year that was actually one of the it might have been the first pro show that i had been to um actually and um, I was pretty surprised because it's such a big, such a big show. Um, Trey Bennett's show, it's great as well. That's where I competed for the first time this, this last year. But um, you'll, you will be missed, but uh, we'll have fun in New York without you. Are you going de- to definitely go to the New York Pro? Probably. Um, you know, who knows what could happen between now and then. Um, probably not competing, but may take a trip out there. Do you know um, how many shows are you planning on doing a bunch of shows this year until you qualify? Or what's the plan? I don't know. Um, you know, I'm going to stick with just planning on St. Louis as the uh, as the first one. Um, I got to say, I'm going to look just a little bit different this time around, and I'm happy about it. And um, I'm going to look how I want to look, like I like I've been uh, been doing it in the past, and uh, going to look a little bit better. So I'm just going to start with St. Louis, and um, I I don't like planning which shows I'm going to do in advance. I'm lucky enough I don't have to diet for you know a full. 10, 12 weeks. Right. Um, so if I decide that I want to do something maybe four weeks out, I can do that. Um, but I'd rather just play it by ear and um, and see what happens. All right, Christina. Well, uh, the interview of the week is uh, prep guru Chad Nichols. And what we're going to talk about with Chad is his resurgence into uh, um, a very prominent spot on our uh, contest prep uh, I guess spectrum of uh, available gurus, you know, basically Chad was the guy in the nineties. I mean, when you think who uh, is the number one prep guy in the world, you think Chad Nichols in the nineties, he worked from everybody from Ronnie Coleman to Nasser El Sabate, Chris Cormier, Flex Wheeler. I mean, it's a long, long list of the very best. And that's the guys who worked with Chad. Um, then he kind of dropped off the face of the earth. He, he disappeared, had a family. He's married to Miss Olympia, Kim Chavesky. And uh, a former Miss Olympia, um, and uh, he kind of came back with uh, Dennis Wolf, and, and it didn't. He, although he did a good job, it didn't work out very well with him. And, and then he kind of disappeared again. Now, only to return recently, co-hosting with uh, Lee Thompson, of course, uh, Dan Solomon, Pro Bodybuilding Weekly. And uh, this year has been, or 2011 has been a, ba- a big, big year for Chad. Uh, he's helped a bunch of new up-and-coming guys, and they've had a lot of success. And, uh, and as of recently, he's picked up a bunch of new pro guys. So I think um, 
Things are looking up and up for Chad Nichols, so I'm going to have him on to tell a little bit about his history and what's coming up with him uh, lately. Well, I know we've talked about him recently. I guess within the last few months, maybe mm-hmm. I think yeah. we we had a, we had a couple of stories about him. Yeah, that um, you know, all of a sudden, I don't want to say out of the blue, but it kind of seems like out of the blue he made this resurgence, and um, I, I think that's good because um, I don't know if some people have kind of gotten tired of hearing some of the gurus. You know, the kind of the same names have been thrown around for a while, so it's nice to um, get another name kind of up there in the mix, working with some top guys. Yeah, you know, he when he brought in um, Kevin Jordan. I think it was Junior uh, Nationals. It was Junior Nationals in Chicago, which Kevin yes. Jordan won the whole show. Yep. Um, and uh, and beat uh, our friend who won the super heavyweight division. And um, that was uh, Anthony Tenuta, which that was yep. a very big, big win because Anthony looked impressive, was enormous. But to be honest with you, Kevin Jordan was on a whole different level. And uh, Kevin Jordan, you know, a guy who just a few years ago, you know, was nowhere near this level, started working with Chad and has gotten to a point where I think that we're going to see very, very big things from him in the next year or two. Uh, and then he worked with Brian Yersky at Nationals. Not, I'm not including some different guys, but Brian Yersky came in, who's been competing for a while at the national level, came in and looked incredible, unbelievable, that maybe the uh, best condition of any super heavyweight uh, at Nationals. Um, yep. It wasn't yep. enough necessarily to win, but he looked amazing. So Chad has been on on a roll, and uh, and he's also a very uh, interesting guy, a lot of good stories, and a nice guy. So it's definitely my pleasure to have him on. It'll be good to hear what he uh, has to say. I don't know that um, – have we heard an interview or, or seen an interview or anything with Chad Nichols in a while? You know, Dave has done some with him a few years ago um, yeah. when he was working with Dennis Wolf, or right after working with Dennis Wolf. Uh, they call that the cookie incident because Dennis was eating a lot of cookies to carve up that he shouldn't have been. <laughs> right. Um, I, remember, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It, he ate, I think, hundreds of cookies. So we're not going <laughs> to – I didn't rehash that with Chad. You know, I figure that people – those stories are out there. I, I wanted to focus more on uh, what's been going on from that point forward um, uh, and what his thoughts are of, of bodybuilding these days and kind of get his overview on what's going on in bodybuilding and with him personally. So I could have I mean, to be honest with you, Christine, I could have done two or three hours with Chad Nichols, all the stories he has. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> but to keep it to about a half, half an hour, 45 minutes, I'm sure is tough. Exactly, exactly. Um, I'm going to let us uh, end the show in just a moment, but I did want to say um, a very big thank you to all the people that have been emailing my dad. Uh, uh, if you don't know, my dad uh, got diagnosed just last week with colon cancer, and um, he's in the process of fighting it. I'm going to go down there um, uh, on Thursday to go through uh, chemo with him and uh, be with him in the hospital. Um and I put out there on Facebook and then on uh, Heavy Muscle Radio that um, my dad loves emails. I don't know. Um, I guess it's kind of like new to him, Christina. Like, I guess like getting a letter. Like if somebody, a friend of yours was to write you a letter and you were to get it in the mail, that's significant to you because it's unusual, right? Oh, yeah. I love getting a, a card or a, or a note, a right. handwritten note in the mail. <laughs> well, my dad, that's exactly how he feels about email because nobody ever emails him. Uh, so it's rare to get a personal email. You know, he's just hasn't. I guess that level of the, the, what technology is these days, although he's familiar with it, he doesn't have a lot of friends that like do, do emails, you know? So, um, I gave out his email address and it's not too late if you want to send him an email. His email address, his name is Jerry Singerman and his email is J-E-R-R-S-I-N-G. So it's the first four letters of his first name and last name at AOL.com. Jer Singh at AOL.com. And, uh, people have, uh, 
literally he's gotten hundreds of emails from people um, just as something as simple as, you know, get well uh, to a, a long letters that he's forwarded me. Some of these long letters from listeners of the show and people who follow RX or on Facebook. And some of them are pretty tremendous. But even a, just to get well, the uh, the messages have really affected him emotionally and kind of uh, he went from being kind of d- depressed to being feeling very uh, almost uh, confident. So um, I want to really thank everybody who has taken a moment out of their day. I know everybody's very busy. So even to take a minute to say get well uh, means a lot. No, I, it's one of those things that a lot of times you forget um, the little things that could really bring a person's spirits up. And um, not that I believe that that is, you know, the, the end all cure, but I think um, I believe in positive thinking and that that could possibly help him, you know, get through this tough time even more than if, you know, he wasn't getting any positive thoughts or emails or cards or, or anything. So um, I, we are all, Aaron, definitely believing and uh, praying for the best for, uh, for your dad to, to get through this as i'm sure he will thank you very much christine i appreciate that he uh i think more than anything you know like you said i think that mindset is the most important thing when you're in a battle with anything your mindset your mind is as oscar arden says your mind is your most powerful uh weapon is also can be your worst enemy and um you know when you're in a battle with health wise i think that the people who do the least well are people who think that the battle is already lost you know and so uh these messages um for whatever reason made it made it a huge difference to my dad and he felt like you know he 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 realized he has more people pulling for him than he would have ever imagined so that's pretty cool that's that's good and keep them coming we will tell everyone keep the keep the emails uh keep the emails flowing yeah i appreciate that and that's uh jer singh j-e-r-r-s-i-n-g at aol.com and that's the only email address i'm going to give out today everybody knows how to reach us otherwise christina this was a great show thank you very much for coming on and uh until next week that's it for us next up chad nichols sweet peace Peace out. Fusion Bodybuilding makes bodybuilding's strongest supplements, and they're committed to giving back to you. Fusion Bodybuilding not only want to promote the bodybuilding lifestyle, but they also want to help build the sport. Bodybuilding is all they do. It's their obsession. You know the feeling. That's why you're here. Visit Fusion Bodybuilding at FusionBodybuilding.com or join in on the conversation on the Fusion Bodybuilding fan page on Facebook, where you'll find IFBB Pro Q&As, contest giveaways, and nothing but in-depth bodybuilding Talk. Fusion Bodybuilding, bodybuilding's strongest supplements. Head over to FusionBodybuilding.com today. On March 17, 2012, St. Patrick's Day weekend, First Form and Hydrolyze Ultra present the First Form Pro Women's Physique, Fitness, and Bikini Championship, along with the First Form NPC Midwest Bodybuilding, Fitness, Figure, Physique, Bikini, and Men's Physique Championship, a national qualifier. This event has so many perks for both athletes and fans alike. Just ask the over 1,300 guests that attended last year's event. Taking place at the St. Louis University Bush Student Center, you'll watch IFBB Pro and future superstar Mike Liberty and current IFBB Pro Superstar Kai Green as they light up the stage with their posing routines. Six-time Fitness Olympia Adela Garcia will be in attendance. The top male and female pros and top amateurs from across the country are coming to St. Louis. Plus, the RX Muscle Model Search is taking place. Here's your chance to win some great prizes, get a photo shoot, and also be featured on RXMuscle.com. Come meet the top supplement companies in attendance at their booths with free samples. 
March 17th, 2012 in St. Louis, Missouri. All contents information can be found at npcmidwest.com, including tickets and prices. Don't miss it. Go to npcmidwest.com for all information. RxMuscle.com. Now you have a place to turn when you want the truth on bodybuilding, diet, and exercise, up to the minute news, and more. Visit the RxMuscle.com forums featuring celebrity Q and A's with IFBB professional athletes, top amateurs, and the brightest minds in the industry. Listen to our weekly radio shows, including Heavy Muscle Radio, Muscle Girls Inc., After Hours, and more. Contest coverage, videos, even our own social networking site, RxMuscle Place. Visit RxMuscle.com. Welcome back to Access Bodybuilding, and I'd like to welcome for the very first time to the show Chad Nichols, who is an MPC contest promoter, the co-host of Pro Bodybuilding Weekly, and one of the premier contest prep gurus on the planet. Welcome to the show, Chad. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on, man. It's a pleasure to uh, finally have you on the show, and uh, we were talking off the air about Literally, I could spend hours and hours asking you questions, but I wanted to, uh, I'm going to try to keep this uh, as succinct as possible. Um, that, that and, sounds good. Maybe, uh, you know, in the future, we'll, we'll come back and, and keep everything, you know, just old uh, kind of battle stories and stuff. We'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've got so many questions for you, and I can only imagine the questions that people have. From, because back when you were um, working with some of these guys who are legends now, um, you know, the internet was just in its uh, infancy. You know, you had like Get Big and Your Board, which a lot of people um, probably don't remember because they were a lot of the people listening are probably too young or weren't involved with the internet. Muscle Mayhem, which right. was um, my favorite board back in the early 2000s when the pro bodybuilders would still actually come on the internet and uh, participate uh, in all sections of the board uh, and not like they do these days. Right. I think it was kind of cool when we first uh, started that. That was one of the things that I wanted to do. And not only did I want to put the pros out there, but I wanted to confirm that, you know, you were actually talking to, you know, Tom Prince or, you know, these guys. And so before they could get, like, the pro, you know, kind of um, screen name, they had to kind of go through and, and we had to kind of process so we knew who they were. And so that way everybody kind of knew that, hey, you know what, this is not just somebody that signed on and said they're Tom Prince. This is Tom Prince. Right. right. And, that was, and that was the really cool thing about the board. I mean, uh, I don't want to, I mean, MD does have a lot of pros signed on and they do participate in their question and answer. But I think that it's um, pretty safe to say the level of participation and the amount that we actually saw the pros posting on Muscle Mayhem, um, there was really nothing else that has been like that since or, uh, or before. Well, it was one of those things where, you know, we didn't pay anybody to right. come on. And they came on, and so they kind of participated as they wanted to. And so they, they didn't have, like, a specific agenda that they had to address. Right. If they want, you know, we had guys that wanted to talk about nutrition, but they didn't. They maybe wanted to stay away from some of the other things. And But then we had some other guys that, you know, got carried into, you know, the whole, just, you know, the whole Internet, it, you know, itself. So, and those were the good stories, and, you know, things happen, and fights, and battle back and forth and you know but it, it was one of those things where they did that and they didn't feel like they had to do it and uh, you know i mean when you feel like you have to do it and it's it's more kind of forced then then what you're going to get is going to be a little bit different than somebody just signing on and rambling on the internet absolutely and, and, the, and next time we have you on i'll be sure to ask because there were some really um epic fights e-fights that went on your board and uh some some real drama that uh, ensued on that board some good stuff and some bad stuff there was some craziness on there i yeah. mean you know we had tom on there and you know some guys uh 
some guys remember McFarland from on yeah. there, and I mean there was just some craziness on there. But it was it was all good. It wasn't like you know like major drama, but it was you know guys fighting back and forth, throwing this out there, throwing that out there, and it was all it made for great reading. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So um, really, Chad, what I want to do is kind of before we get going for people that don't know, because we we do we're we're kind of going we're gonna pass over a, a lot a lot of past here. Just list off some of the legendary guys that you worked with that have. Um, that everybody has, will have heard of? Well, obviously Ronnie. So, you know, uh, one of the biggest names in the sport. Um, Flex Wheeler, Chris Cormier, Paul DeLette, um, good friend of mine, Nasser El Sambadi, Tom Prince, uh, worked with Chicarillo, um, Chris Cormier, uh, Paul DeLette, I don't know if I mentioned Paul. Um, just, you know, a bunch of great guys. And, you know, back, uh, you know, Back in the '90s, and and you know the uh, when kind of everybody likes to say it's a heyday, and and being able just just being able to you know be around those guys and see those guys, um, you know there was times when I had you know five or six, seven guys, you know just you know all battling it out. Vince Taylor was another one that uh, I trained and worked. King Kamali, King Kamali, yeah. uh, Craig Titus, Craig Titus, <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. So. Uh, Several women, you know. I trained uh, Mary Yaki when she won the uh, Fitness Olympia. Uh, I trained Mary Lado uh, when she won the, uh, you know, uh, Fitness International. Wow. So, of course, your wife. Uh, I trained Kim, obviously, right. and then uh, she, you know, won four Miss Olympias, beat Linda, uh, you know, the first two, and then um, then I actually trained Linda when she came back and and won the title. And so, I'm assuming you trained uh, Kim when she went into figure as well, right? I did, you know, I'm, you know, the one that set up the plan to, you know, kind of get rid of the muscle and, and re-kind of structure her, you know, physique and everything, so. I, she actually went into fitness. Um, fitness, I'm sorry, fitness. Right. Yeah, and she um, she actually didn't do too bad for, especially crossing over. No, great. <clears throat> from, from bodybuilding, you know, she took sixth at the Miss International Fitness. Wow. Uh, the very first year, so. Pretty unbelievable. I, I thought it was pretty, you know, pretty good for, you know, coming from bodybuilding and then switching over into fitness. Absolutely, absolutely. She's the, as far as I know, uh, she's the only one that's done that well coming from women's bodybuilding to switching over to any division. I don't think that any uh, woman has come from women's bodybuilding into figure bikini or fitness doing better than that. Yeah, switched over. And, yeah. and then, you know, she did a couple figure shows, and, and she, was, she was more serious with uh, fitness than mm. she was the figure. Figure was kind of really to get back in shape after uh, she had had the kids and it was kind of more of a goal for her to just you know kind of trim down and, and get back in shape and, and sure. those types of things so sure. you, you finish, she took it pretty you know she took pretty you know took it pretty serious but um, it was just one of the things she was a taller athlete and just you know the routines just beat her down right of course <laughs> it's, it, that's, the th- that's the problem people wonder why if they think fitness is dying now it's because it's, it's hard it's, it's by it's, far it's the hardest extremely hard it's yeah. one of you know I mean you gotta train and and, you know, work out and do all that, and then on top of that, you've got to go through the routines and stuff. The girls that are in fitness that have, have been able to stay there for you know as long as they have are remarkable. remarkable. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty unbelievable. Chad, you said something that I've got I've got to touch on because you listed the names of those guys, and um, the one that had the added caveat of my good friend was Nasser El Sambate. Do you and Nasser still talk? Um, I talk to Nasser every once in a while. You know, um, I. You know, hear from him every couple of months. We we stay, you know, uh, you know, just kind of you know touching base and stuff on uh, Facebook and, and some of those types of things. Um, Nasser was somebody that I always got along with. I always liked Nasser because he just kind of 
threw things out there, you know. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I could tell. I, I mean, I've got so many great Nasser stories. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's just you know because uh, at the time Kim was you know doing a lot of stuff for Weeder, and and Nasser was a Weeder athlete, and so they, we traveled to a lot of places and and we're at a lot of places together and so just a lot of things i mean there's just so many amazing stories it's it's just, it's incredible okay give me one crazy nasser story i'm putting you on the spot here but i've got to, i can't i can't let this go because i know our listeners nasser is one of those guys like craig titus that for whatever reason i mean it's i guess it's understandable with craig titus but nasser to this yeah. day still gets a lot of attention on the internet and oh the absolutely and, and i mean uh, now it's kind of you know he's outspoken and stuff but you know there's so many things like he would call me up this is this would just be you know he's getting ready for a show he's doing cardio he, he would walk out and he's like he was just irritated right and, and he's like this lady came up to me and asked me all these questions blah 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 then i didn't answer and then finally i looked at her and i go listen do i come to your office and start talking to you <laughs> asking you all these questions and all this stuff that was one of the things the other the other uh, ongoing kind of joke was always no matter where you're at no matter what country you're in McDonald's food all tastes the same. So you're lucky. <laughs> That's the safest bet. If you want to figure out where to go eat, go to McDonald's because it's the same no matter what country you go to. That's smart. I love McDonald's. Nasser <laughs> smart there. So, but I think, you know, I mean, he, he was one of those guys that, you know, was just, you know, he would joke around. He, and he would, you know, somebody would come up and kind of irritate him, and he would kind of joke around. And then they would kind of step back, and then he would laugh, and it was like, ah, you know. And then they, so he, they didn't know if he was being serious or not. Um, so you know, he uh, he was one of those guys that was, you know, just uh, just a big personality within the uh, within the sport. Let me get, let me ask you a a question to give us a little more insight into Nasser. He's obviously, like you said, he's become very outspoken now because the amount of popularity that he has. Um, still has. I think that Nasser, if he would have approached things in retirement differently, he could have made a lot of money or continued making money and been uh, found a niche somewhere in this sport to do something uh, productive where he was uh, contributing and also, you know, doing well financially. Sure. sure. What, what's the uh, what's what's going on with him that he that he did? I'll tell you. This is the thing about Nasser. Is I totally know where you where you're coming from, and and you look at people like. Uh, Sean Ray, who, you know, retired maybe earlier than most people probably thought he would, you know, would, but he still kind of stayed in the sport and had contracts within supplement companies and these types of things. But a lot of those guys also spent a lot of money. I mean, you know, those guys had big cars and big homes, and they spent a lot of their money. Noster's probably one of the smartest guys I've ever known as far as that. He never drove a big car. He drove a Ford Probe yeah. almost the whole time that uh, I was working with him and then finally broke down and got I think like a Ford Explorer um, lived in an apartment he didn't he didn't live like big this big fancy lifestyle he didn't really need to um, and that was one of the things that always impressed me about him like he didn't go out and try to impress somebody because he was driving around in a Mercedes or he was doing this or he was doing that he you know he took his money um, he, he invested it he put it away um, you know, he didn't spend it, you know, foolishly, and, you know, he's been able to, you know, live pretty securely, the way it seems. So you're, you're telling us that Nasser does not work selling suits at uh, the men's warehouse or something? No, he, 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 I don't think he's struggling right now, that's for sure. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Good good for Nasser. That's good that he saved his money like that. Okay, I want to uh, bring us a little bit uh, forward in time. You, um, the last, before this kind of, as we're, we're calling this, is the resurgence of Chad Nichols here. We, um, the last I really heard about you before 
um, I guess relatively recently in the last few years was working with um, Dennis Wolf. And um, you kind of, after working with Dennis Wolf, a lot of people have heard the story, the, the Cookie Monster story and all this, where uh, Dennis couldn't get full enough and kind of, I don't know, I, I guess it's safe to say, didn't exactly follow your advice and gave you a, put a lot of blame on you and you got a lot of flack and stuff over it. Um, kind of bring us back to that time and tell us what was going on and what went through your mind that, that made you kind of disappear for a little while. Well, it was kind of one of those things where, you know, I, I was always under, you know, the thinking that when this became no fun and when I stopped enjoying what I was doing, I would always step back. And, I would, you know, I mean, most people think that way no matter what they're doing. Um, and so when I, you know, worked with Dennis, um, you know, great athlete, spectacular athlete, but for whatever reason, you know, the year before he thought he was – uh, flat, and so I think he had already convinced himself that he was going to be full this year, or the year that uh, the year that I worked with him, and and so we just didn't see eye to eye, and he kind of, um, you know, had already decided kind of what path he was going to take. A lot of people have heard the, you know, the whole cookies and carving up on the cookies and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you know, we when I when that whole thing kind of ended, you know, I was really kind of just wanted to step back like I just kind of wanted to step back and just kind of give, give give it a break I guess and I wasn't 100% sure okay this is something I still want to do or not want to do you know I wasn't sure I was just going to step back it was getting close to the holidays and so it just kind of chilled out for a few months and then you know I kind of got a little bit more energized as far as doing stuff and so I mainly kind of came back to train the amateurs um, and that was where I kind of uh really kind of got remotivated you know it was kind of one of those things where i kind of went back to my beginning days when you know i I, you know followed things a little bit closer maybe as far as the research and the cutting edge stuff it it was actually kind of a blessing really because it gave me the opportunity to step back and kind of look at things that i was doing and you know kind of want to push the boundaries again um to want to like really kind of step ahead again and and it was it ended up being you know a good thing for me as far as like you know where i'm at right now and just as far as like motivational to to do stuff you know so when you look at uh, new guys now i, I know this something people might not know about you chad is that you're the mpc chairman of three states and you promote uh how many shows are you promoting now we're, we're going to do four. We've got three, and then we're adding a new one this year, so we're going to have four shows. So, so um, you you were always busy. You were always involved, just not so much with athletes for a little while. What did, what did it take? to Do athletes, were they approaching you, or are you picking and choosing, or do you do you have a system in place where you decide who you want to work with? Is it about potential? Is it about, you know, how, how do you make those decisions? You know, it's it's got to be the athlete and me how we kind of connect it's you know i mean before and and this was kind of one of the things that i really had to step back before you know i was like listen i I want as many athletes i can it was about making money and i kind of lost that kind of passion as far as like you know quantity over quality type of you know i was trying to just kick out as many as i possibly could and it just didn't you know it didn't work out for anybody and it kind of made me kind of sour on everything so when i kind of came back i was like look i'm gonna do this my way i want to really kind of stay more and make it more enjoyable but then at the same time i want to make sure that i have like a really like great group of guys that i'm training um and so it really you know i have to like really click with that person i have to know that they're serious that they want to like really push forward and not you know they're not looking for some like easy way 
to get from point A to point B, but that they're going to work hard and that the communication between me and the athlete is good because at the end, that's going to be one of the biggest issues. You know, I mean, the, the communication and how the athlete and the trainer communicate. If they're not communicating, no matter what they do, you know, the, the end result is never going to, you know, be what either one of them wants. But obviously, the more they communicate, the better the result. And so that's what I'm really kind of looking at. I'm looking at how we kind of connect, how we communicate well, um, you know, those types of things. Well, you, you've had a, a lot of success with these younger guys or these up-and-coming NPC guys. Can you tell us a little bit about some of them that you work with and kind of give us a little bit of background? The, you know, there's a couple, you know, guys right now that I think that's, you know, um, really kind of drawing some attention. One's Kevin Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody that's seen him, he won the Junior Nationals this year. Great kid, great potential, great genetics. Um, and he's one of those guys, you know, that wants to do great in the sport. He wants to be a great bodybuilder. But at the same time, he's a great person. So it just kind of, you know, rolls over. And, uh, you know, another one I, you know, I think that stands out to me is Brian Yersky. Um I thought we had a great year. We put on about 10, 15 pounds of muscle, I think. You know, he needs another 10 pounds to, like, really kind of have that impact. But the package that we brought this year was the best that I've, you know, uh, seen of him. And that's what I wanted to accomplish, like push his, you know, physique, you know, 15 or 20% uh, from where it's been. And, again, another guy who, you know, is just a good guy, like, you know, a genuinely, genuinely (laughs) uh, good person. Right. Um, now, both of these guys, in my opinion, are uh, will eventually get an IFBB Pro card. Uh, Kevin Jordan is one that I was, um, you know, I've seen both of them compete this past year, and Kevin Jordan really uh, surprised me because the amount of progress that he had, I have seen him make in, in pictures. I don't think I saw him compete before Junior Nationals on stage, but I had seen his pictures and thought he was going to be good. I think he won your show, didn't he? He won the. That was the first time I saw him. Was at the Muscle Mayhem. Yeah, I remember seeing pictures and thinking that he would be good, and uh, he has made some tremendous leaps. Why did you decide not to have him do a, a, a show later on in the year to try to get his pro card? You guys have a plan? Yeah, I mean, you know, the game plan was again for him to immediately come in and be competitive with you know the cream of the crew, you know, elite group right um and i felt like he needed just a little bit more like overall thickness he you know genetic wise he's unbelievable they've got that round muscle he kind of reminds me uh, of a phil heath type physique um and but he's got crazy wide clavicles like his his width is unbelievable so it just he needs a little bit more of that front to back thickness um you know, he hasn't been bodybuilding for that long, you know, uh, under five years. So, uh, it's, he's, you know, he's progressed well, um, but he just needs, you know, a little bit more time is what he needed. And so that's what, uh, you know, we've decided to do. And he'll definitely compete this year. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, the gurus that are um, that have, I guess, a lot of these guys, people probably don't realize that um, you at one point or another have been involved with these some of the top gurus these days, uh, whether it be helping them personally or you know, and, and me, and you talked about this off the air. I always heard that uh, Hani Rambod, who is you know obviously very popular now, working uh, with former Mister Olympia Jay Cutler and now you know Phil Heath, current Mister Olympia, that um, he was something of, of an assistant of yours or or an understudy. Is that accurate? 
No, not really. I mean, we, you know, we talked um, a lot, and he was friends with Ronnie when I was working with Ronnie, so that's how I kind of met him. Um, and he was just kind of getting into the sport, so we talked, uh, you know, a lot and, and threw things back and forth. You know, if anything, you know, it was more, you know, not so much like technique and, you know, how his theories are and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, everybody kind of, you know, talks about things and, and you pick up, you know, things or whatever. Um, but it was a lot of other stuff, just, you know, how, like getting involved in the sport money-wise, how much is people charging and these things and how you're doing things. You know, I mean, there was times that we talked about that. But, you know, I mean, he, you know, he kind of, uh, you know, he, he created his own, you know, deal. And, and so you know, I'll never take, you know, credit away from any of these guys. They, they're all good at what they do, and they've all got different, you know, uh, theories and what they, you know, want to do with the athletes. And, you know, they're all, uh, you know, all of us are kind of different. We don't, you know, there isn't a lot of us right now that are doing similar things. We're all kind of doing uh, different things, but that doesn't mean that one of them's right and one of them's wrong. It's sure. just a different path, you know. How about uh, George Farah? I know that you've worked with him on a, on a whole different kind of level. I actually trained George um, when he was uh, competing um, there toward the end. I, uh, I trained him for several years. Um, and, you know, got him ready for shows, actually. So Very yeah. interesting. Um, let me ask you a tough question, Chad. If you were a co- competitor these days, and obviously you can't train with yourself, who would you pick to train you? Who would I pick? Yeah, if you had to pick somebody other than Chad Nichols. Joe McNeil. Joe McNeil, okay. That's uh, I think Joe may be retired now, but that's the guy who worked with uh, Dexter Jackson, among exactly. many others. You know, I mean, I think that, um, you know, Joe is one of those guys that kind of looks at the overall game plan. He doesn't try to adapt an athlete to one way of thinking type of thing, um, which, which is, you know, I'm big on that. Like, I, I don't think there's one way, and I don't think that, you know, this type of diet works for everybody type of thing. I think that everybody is so different. Um, so I'm real. that's, I mean, I'm really big on that. And Joe, I think, you know, we kind of see, um, you know, kind of eye to eye, I think, you know, and, and I've, you know, kind of said that before. I think all the guys are great, you know, but if I was going to do some of my, you know, me personally, that's probably the route I would go. Now let's talk a little about new, your new pro clients. And um, I don't know who, um, what names you're uh, listing now officially or when, when you're going to wait to release the names or if you're able to now, but who are you working with this new year? I know that uh, you've decided to start picking up pro guys again, and it seems like uh, you're getting a, a good little selection of them coming over to you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the pro guys, I'm not, again, I'm not looking at going, you know, with 15 pro guys. Right. You know, I want to keep, you know, a couple solid guys and, and keep it at that. Right now, um, for the up-and-coming, you know, first group of shows, I've got Fuad Abiyad um, that uh, is going to do the Flex Pro, and he's going to do the Arnold. Um, and I think everybody's going to be, uh, you know, really surprised at, at the physique we bring in. He's, you know, spot on target right now to be definitely the best conditioned. And this is the thing. I've worked with Fuad before, so I, when, you know, he contacted me and the opportunity um, was there, I already knew his physique very, very well. Um, I hadn't worked with him for several years, but you know, I, I knew how his physique, res- you know, was, you know, he responded, you know, and I, I was the one that turned him pro, and and so I was very familiar with him. Um, so that was kind of a no-brainer. Um, I always liked him, great physique, and then also uh, Ben Pakalski. Um, so I'm also getting him ready uh, for the same two shows actually, Flex Pro and uh, and Arnold. Um, 
you know, I may do, you know, I may train another pro, some other pros. It just really depends. And again, it's going to, it's going to depend on the pro and like, you know, how is the communication and how I think like the whole thing, you know, is, is kind of set up and, you know, any, you know, anything's a possibility. Right. Now, let me ask you, when you, and this is something you've had to go through many, many times, and I know people approach this differently, but you're training these two guys for the same show. Um, how does how does that affect you as a, a prep coach when you're getting two guys ready? Obviously, you know, you, I would imagine you're going to do the best you can for both guys. What goes through your mind when you know you have two guys? Both I, I know Fouad and Ben well enough to know they're extremely competitive guys. They're both from Canada. I'm sure both of them specifically want to beat each other also. Yeah, it's actually funny because, you know, they, they are pretty competitive. Um, neither one of them has got anything bad to say about the other one. But coming from Canada, you always kind of want to do, you know, outdo you sure. know, the other guy, obviously. Um, and so it, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a cool rivalry there, I think. Um, you know, for me, uh, you know, I could care less. I mean, both of them are totally different physiques, you know, diet-wise and everything. They're both doing totally two different, you know, things. Um, you know, my game plan is to bring them both in great, and, uh, you know, the judges have to figure out, you know, what they like. So. Absolutely. Does, you know, and I'm so used to that, you know I mean? Uh, some people, I, you know, I know, you know, do have problems with that, and, you know, they don't like to maybe train, you know, competitors or whatever, but um, at the end of the day, you know, we can't control the outcome. All we can do is present the best package, you know, possible, and then the judges have to figure out what they want. That's very true. That's very true. Um, Pro Bodybuilding Weekly. Um, a, a year ago, uh, a little over a year ago now, um, it was Dan Solomon and Bob Ciccarello for uh, the first, uh, I think, four or five, about five years of the radio show. And uh, I'm sure that you were familiar, and I believe you had even been a guest on Pro Bodybuilding Weekly with uh, with Dan and Bob before, correct? Sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I thought you had a few times. So, um what? Uh, how did that go? When Dan called you up and, and floated this idea by you, um, how did that conversation go? And, and what was the thought process behind deciding to do it? Well, you know, I mean, uh, Dan contacted me and, and told me that you know the opportunity was possibly going to be there, and, and what my thoughts on it was. And um, you know, it, it was one of those things where I was kind of in a comfortable position <laughs> training, you know, the amateurs and kind of stepping back a little bit. And so I, you know, my only thinking was like, Hey, you know, once I jump in to this, it kind of puts me out there again. Um, and, and is that something I want to do? Um, and you know, at the end of the day, I'm, you know, um, pretty outspoken and sometimes I can throw some stuff out there that people don't uh, agree with. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with everything I say. So, um, I was, you know, I was pretty good with it. And, and I thought that, you know, it was a good opportunity. I had, you know, I'd listened to the show and it had always been, a, you know, something that I thought was done like, you know, very like high class. And, and I, I was really, you know, really, you know, kind of honored that, uh, that he thought of me and, and asked me to be a part of it. Now, People, uh, most people probably know this, but Pro Bodybuilding Weekly is live, um, which is different than you know what we're doing over here at RX Muscle and a lot of the other shows um, do. So when it is live, once you say something, you can't take it back. You know, the, the, yeah. obviously, I that that I'm sure that has occurred to you when you were deciding it. When you have you ever said anything on the show? And I'm not going to ask you to point out the specific one, but have you ever said anything where you're like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't have said that? 
Um, you know, there were some things where I've, you know, stepped out there, and as soon as I said it, I, you know, thought to myself, like, wow, that is going to create some shit. There. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, you know, this is the way I look at everything. Um, I don't want to go on the air and say things that are, that people are, are going to immediately go like, well, you know, well, like, we didn't know why he's saying that, or, of course he's saying that, you know, that's, you know, and I don't want, you know, to ever have anybody think that. I, I don't want anybody to be like, well, you know, I knew that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I want to throw it out there and be like, wow, I didn't expect that. That was something, you know, and there was, there's been some things, you know, I mean, there was, there was a couple, you know, after a few shows this year, I was, you know, one of the first ones that came on and was like, man, nobody looks for this year. Right. Everybody's yeah. off. Everybody's this. Everybody that. And, you know, I took some crap about that. But then, you know, people kind of stepped back and were like, you know what, maybe you threw it out there pretty harsh, but at the end of the day, it's true. You know, I've been in that situation plenty of times where, um, where the fans sometimes will love it, but sometimes the pros themselves will come up and be very insulted. Um, did you ever have that happen where guys come up to you and like, hey, man, why'd you say that? Or email you and say, why'd you say that? No, I haven't had, you know, nothing major. Nothing major. I'm sure there was some, some people probably thinking stuff. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm, you know, I throw it out there. I mean, you know, like uh, a perfect example is, you know, Dexter. Like when I predicted Dexter, you know, at the Olympia this year, I had him like, you know, eighth or ninth place. Yeah, I remember that. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, I threw it out there, and, you know, and, and as soon as I saw Dexter, he's like, dude, what the hell? And I said, man, I said, I was basing it off of your, you know, last few shows, and I said, you know what, I will give credit where credit is due, and I'll, you know, I'll say, man, I missed it, and, and give you credit, and, you know, and, and then Dexter, you know, comes back, and he's like, hey, man, if I was predicting it, I'd have done the same thing, because I wasn't worth a shit at the beginning of the year, but I really stepped it up, you know, right. type of thing, right. and, and it's true, you know, I mean, you got to throw that stuff out there, and the athletes... You got to do it in a way, you know. There's no reason to, you know, make it personal. I know some sure. people, like, you know, want to make it personal, and, you know, like, you know, try to like kind of get a gouge at them or something. You know, I never look at that, you know, any other than bodybuilding. Just that's the only thing I'm talking about. They're, you know, what they're going to do on stage. What, you know, it, it's all non-personal. It has nothing to do with the person, you know, that is off stage. And, you know, that's the thing. I think a lot of people have trouble, you know, separating those two things. They, you know, think that the, you know, whatever the person is, their bodybuilding is kind of carries over. And it, right. and it really doesn't. You've got to be able to separate those. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think because of the, the how the sport is and the individuals it attracts, sometimes they get caught up with thinking the, you know, the, the size of their biceps or their symmetry or something uh, is somehow connected to more than just uh, the physique. But, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, and, you know, I mean, uh, I wish sometimes people would speak their mind a little bit, and, you know, sometimes I think it would help, you know, there's there's a lot of athletes that have a lot of cheerleaders in their corner, right. the worst thing that they can have, you know, I mean, you've, you've got people around you that are going to do that, I mean, that's what your girlfriend's supposed to do, that's what, you know, those right. people are always supposed to believe in you, but, you know, your training partners and those people have to be straightforward with you, and, and that's the only way you're going to improve, you know. Sure, absolutely. Um, if you had to sum up 2011 for bodybuilding as a whole uh how would you do it and i don't mean um i don't mean in one facet i mean completely I, i'm talking about the industry the comp competitions the mpc the ifbb was this a good year for bodybuilding it was a great year for bodybuilding um numbers were through the roof 
um, especially at the amateur level. You know, if you look at the NPC and just how the shows are growing and how the NPC is growing and the athletes that the NPC are producing is amazing. Um, you know, you look at all the pro shows, I mean, you've got so many new pro shows. I mean, you've got, you know, all over in different countries now spreading, you know, worldwide. It's, it's amazing. Um, a little disappointed as far as the conditioning and stuff, and I was, you know, very vocal about that. Um, there was some, you know, there was definitely some, you know, shining moments uh, and, and some great athletes that really stepped up to the plate. Um, but overall, you know, I hope that, 2012 is a much more kind of balanced as far as conditioning and, and stuff goes. But then at the end of the day, we ended up at the Olympia, and without a doubt, the best man won. Um, you know, and and so that's really that's the main thing that people want to see. I mean, they want to see the guys show up on stage, have it clear cut, and and have it come down to that. And that's what we ended up with. And so I think overall is a good year. I agree with that, uh, Chad. Um, especially like you said, the amateur, the the numbers are just growing, and gr- it's unbelievable how fast the MPC is growing. Now, a question that I get very often when I get interviewed um, uh, for other media outlets or whatever, it seems like a lot of times, almost every interview, people ask me this: uh, What's the difference between the density and the striations and the condition that we saw in bodybuilders in the '90s? Uh, really the late 80s, the 90s, uh, up until about mid-2000 or right around there in the early to mid-2000s, it seemed to take a turn. And I'm not going to say, I don't think that they're pointing out that the bodybuilders are necessarily better then, but there is a definite discernible difference to anybody that's a fan of the sport that have been following the sport for years. The quality of the muscle has changed, and, and, and I've answered the question many times, but the level of um, familiarity that you have is obviously a lot different than mine because you were up close helping these guys, and, uh, and now you're up close helping these new guys. What do you think the difference is? Why do we see this difference in density? Uh, well, I, th- I think there's a couple things there. I mm-hmm. think, you know, there's, there's two different things that I, that I really see that, that really, I think, contributes to that. One... You obviously have the internet. You have access to so much more information. And so the guys that are coming up now, they, they have a lot more knowledge, I would say, as far as just an overall science behind bodybuilding. Um, so maybe they get there a little quicker, they, those types of things. At the other end of that is, you know, they would, you used to turn fewer guys pro. So there was less pro cards available. You had less classes overall. I mean, you got to think the Nationals has, you know, they had the welterweights and the super heavies that wasn't even available back, you know, a few years ago. So it took these guys a lot longer to turn pro. And so I think that because of that, you know, it was just training, pushing, pushing. And by the time they got there, first of all, they were basically ready to compete as pros, but they had already been competing for quite a while. Um, So that's one thing. And I think the other thing was you just seen everything a little bit more gym-oriented. Like those guys, you hear the stories about Platts and Arnold and, you know, all these like crazy training, but everything was, you know, a little bit more aggressive, I think, in the gym. And I'm not saying that the guys now are lazy, but back then they just had to push that because they didn't have the supplements. They didn't have the maybe overall knowledge that um, they do now. So the only thing to make up for that was going in the gym and busting ass. And I think because of that, you ended up maybe with a little bit more 
kind of denser, you know, muscle. It's not saying that that makes them any better or worse than, the, you know, the crop of guys today. It's just different. Do you think, Chad, without getting too specific here, do you think that guys are, are taking much more supplements than they're, they were taking back then, or just the there's some difference um, there in, in that category? I, I think so. I think they are definitely taking more now than they were. You know, and and again, I think that you know that I think there's a couple reasons there. You know, um, I think one is the whole fact that there was just uh, I don't want to say better stuff, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It right. was just you know, I mean, let's get real. I mean, it was mostly American, and it was just a different uh, time. You know, there's now a, it, there's a market there out there, this underground market that you don't know what's going on or what you're doing. Exactly, right? and so you know, let's get real. I mean. You know, you don't know what's out there. You don't know what's real. You do, you know, and so it just ends up. Uh, it ends up being worse, really. You know? Right. Um, well, I want to ask. Uh, I got two. One quick question and one more question of the old days, because everybody wants to know. You know, obviously, your most famous client, Ronnie Coleman. Could you give us a little insight into uh, what it was like working with Ronnie? He seems like in the videos, just like a machine. You know. And then, do you think Ronnie will come back? Will we ever see Ronnie on stage again? Uh, how, first of all, you know, uh, how was it, you know, working with Ryan? Ryan is like that dream client because he is just like a machine. He, when he went into that, you know, contest mode, it was like flipping a switch. But he was like that about everything. When he walked in the gym, it was, you know, tackle it at all cost. Uh, when he started the diet, like never veered from the diet. And, I mean, he just was like a machine all the time. Like, you just never had to, you know, wonder, okay, is he cheating on this? Is we're going to have to kind of make some adjustments to counter these problems that I think's happening type of thing. It was never like that. His body moved forward just like I thought it was going to every, you know, single time because he just put in the work. And, and I mean, he was just a dream client for sure. And Ronnie Coleman, as you probably know, it's been all over the internet. He had a, another back surgery. This will be his third surgery on his back, and uh, he's been widely saying uh, that uh, this surgery he hopes will be corrective enough to fix a lot of these problems that he's been having in his back and the muscular problems, and that uh, he believes and that he still hopes that he will be back on stage this year in two twelve. Um, you know, I mean, I think that that's the the telltale sign right there. I mean, he, I don't think he'll ever get back on stage as long as he has any, you know, minor issues. Um, if if everything all of a sudden became fixed and, you know, the, the nerve issues were taken care of, the back issues were taken care of, and, you know, the muscle starts connecting again, and all of a sudden, boom, we, you know, we don't have any of these kind of voids. Um, yeah, I could see him competing, but, you know, I just don't know if you know, that's going to happen. You know, my gut instinct is that we probably will never see Ronnie compete again. I would love to see him compete again, but my gut is that we probably won't. Do you think that, and I mean, this is no fault of Ronnie and I completely, it's probably, if this is, it's a good business move. Do you think that sometimes he mentions this over and over to to keep himself more relevant? Um, It's smart business, that's for sure. Yeah. You um, You know, I think that, you know, once you kind of completely disappear, then, you know, you know, not nobody's ever going to forget about Ronnie, no. obviously, because he's one of the greatest, you know, bodybuilders of all time. Um, but, you know, sometimes you got to keep, you know, throwing some things out there and stuff. And I think, you know, the thing with Ronnie, though, is and, and why there's, you know, 
the possibility is because he loves bodybuilding. And so we know how much he likes bodybuilding. We know how much he likes to train. You know, he likes that whole process. So the possibility is there. Uh, There's no doubt. I mean, I think that nothing would make Ronnie happier would be to, you know, start that diet and go through the process again because I think he just, you know, enjoys it so much. Um, But it just depends on I, I don't think he'll ever compete as long as there's any problems you know, with the back. Um, if everything was corrected in a perfect world, then I would say, yeah, we may see him again. It's kind of like you said, he has to be able to flip the switch, right? Exactly. You know, um, exactly. What about Jay Cutler? You want to weigh in on that one? Will we see Jay back on stage? I don't think so. I think Jay's done. Um, I, I think so, too. In my opinion, I think that, you know, he's got some... Uh, you know, I mean, he's dealing with some similar injuries that, that Ronnie was, you know. And um, I think it just, you know, every show became a little bit harder and a little bit harder. Um, I don't think Jay's going to disappear. Um, I don't think, I think he's going to stay in the sport, and you know, depending on what he does. But, I, uh, you know, I've heard that he's got several projects in the works, and I think he's going to be around for a while, that's for sure. I think so, too. All right, I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to leave you, we're going to leave this interview on me putting you on the spot one last time. <laughs> um, the Arnold Classic is coming up. It's a very unusual Arnold Classic because we don't have a, a returning champ, and we do have the returning champion injured uh, or not, maybe not injured, depending on um, what you believe. Uh, he is an absolute warrior, Branch Warren. Uh, Warren, um, and from what he says, he's coming back a hundred percent. So we've got coming off of a, a major injury. We're missing Kai Green. Victor Martinez is still locked up. Uh, we don't have. Jay Cutler, obviously. Phil Heath is not going to be doing it. So it leaves the, the whole lineup kind of wide open. Um, if you had to say right now, going off of just a, a guess, I guess, an educated guess, who do you have winning the Arnold Classic this year? I think it's tough. I think the two front runners, based off of their performance, and that's, I'm just basing it off of their performance, obviously it, it's an open enough show, I think. There's several guys that could potentially jump in there. But based off their performance, I would have to say that it's between Wolf and uh, Evan Wow. Okay. to, to really step in there and claim that. Um, based off of, you know, where they've been. I mean, they've both won shows. They've, you know, both been right at the top. Wolf's been in the top, you know, top five at the Olympia. Evan's won, you know, won some key shows. Um, so I think those would have to be the two frontrunners. I personally don't think uh, Branch will compete. I think... I think it's too early. Now, if anybody could do it, it's him. So <laughs> I'm, I'm totally prepared to be, like, shocked, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, and that he does, you know, end up coming back. And not only does he come back, but he actually looks good. So I'm, I'm totally prepared for that, but I still think it's a little bit early. Um, and then, the, you know, the, obviously I think the, the next four guys um, that really kind of make up that top six, I think I'm going to throw both of my guys in there, Floyd and Ben. And then I'm going to put Lionel Biecki and, and Dexter in that group. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, those all sound like safe bets. I, I'm interested to see uh, what Evan and Dennis bring. Uh, you know, I got a, my favorite. The, I think the easy favorite pick at this point is Dexter to win. That seems like that's the safe bet. Yeah, possibly. You know, I think that if Dexter shows up and looks, you know, close to what he did um, at the Olympia, then he could definitely be you know a factor but he's been dieting for a long time yeah. he's been up and down so that one's you know i want to i want him to prove prove to me that he's you know back to the old dexter um you know i think wolf and evan have to 
you know, they have to kind of be in the top spot based off of where they placed at the Olympia and, and you know, where Evan placed at the Flex Pro last year. Um, but again, you know, we've seen Wolf off. Uh, we've seen Evan really slip at the Arnold last year. Um, so it just kind of depends, you know. Evan's got to get his color sprayed on. He, that's that, his color is just... Hopefully he's going to get sprayed this time. He doesn't count on somebody to, to, to put him on and lather it on him, you know? Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, he was, I thought he was really good at the Flex Pro, but yeah. then he wasn't able to maintain that for the Arnold. But he's obviously peaking for the Arnold this year. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. I I, think, I've heard I some think crazy things you know, about him. There's a lot of different, you know, possibilities. That's the, that's the thing that I like about this lineup, that you don't have, you know, Phil Heath where everybody's going, ah, you know, it's Phil Heath and blah, 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 blah. I mean, there's so many possibilities that it's, you know, I mean, the top three guys could be, you know, any, any, I mean, just so many different, you know, combinations that you just never know. And I like that. And, you know, yeah, that, to me that is actually uh, more, I guess, I don't know, maybe from a normal fan's perspective that doesn't ever really get the chance to go, maybe they want to see a, uh, you know, a Kai Green or, or uh, you know, somebody that's a favorite to win. But to me, that this is the most uh, interesting and exciting uh, possibility where it's up in the air. This is going to be a really competitive group. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, like all six guys that I named um, are all competitive. They all, you know, with the right combination of conditioning and, and you know, muscle, you know, muscle. They, they, hey, I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen in that group. Um, so, and then branches, you know, that he kind of throws that monkey wrench into it because is he actually going to compete? Um, is he actually going to be, you know, 100 percent? Like, you know, everybody, you know, looks looks and goes, ah, it's kind of early, it's this and that. But then we've seen what he's done in the past too. So it's like, you know, you didn't think he was going to be able to pull it off, and then he does. So he's definitely. A, uh, a warrior so I don't know it's going to be interesting absolutely well Chad if somebody wants to get in touch with you about contest prep and they're interested in working with you how would they do that um, they can definitely uh, find me on Facebook uh, just Chad Nichols uh, on Facebook and um, or they can also email me the diet doc at AOL.com oh, very cool Chad thank you very much for coming on um, I really appreciate it I know the fans will really enjoy it and just for guys out there listening, uh, they want if you want to hear a specific some specific stories from Chad, I guarantee you we'll have him back on eventually, hopefully sooner than later. And if you send me some emails, I will save them, and it'll remind me maybe about some good stories to ask Chad in the future. Hey, I would love to come on and uh, and talk some uh, fun stuff. Absolutely, Chad. Thank you very much uh, for coming on, and uh, tell your wife and your kids hi for me. I will. Thank Absolutely. You. See you soon, right at the uh, Flex Pro, I imagine. Absolutely.